Welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Well, Ukraine is shipping more grain under a UN-Turkey broker deal and a hopeful sign for global food shortages. But experts caution that it may not be enough. State Department spokesman Ned Price calls the latest grain exports from Ukraine unambiguously a good thing. Ships are once again sailing from Ukraine's Black Sea ports. Uh, at latest count, more than 20 ships laden with grain, laden with crops, laden with foodstuffs uh, have uh, set sail from Ukraine. The vast majority of those have made it through uh, the inspection station and are now sailing to their ultimate destination. But most of those ships with grain, sunflower, soy and wheat were not headed to needy countries or carried grain stolen by Russia to ally Syria. And tonnage was far short of that in Ukraine silos. Former USDA chief economist, now at the International Food Policy Research Institute, Joe Glauber, told PBS's NewsHour the answer is to end the war. I think with Ukraine hampered by an, a war going on and the fact that they aren't shipping as much as they could ship normally, uh, that that means lower prices for producers, that means less production. And I, because of the, the important role Ukraine plays in world markets, I think that means continued tight supplies. Just 700,000 tons of food have left Ukraine ports versus the 20 million tons still in silos and 40 million tons of hope for new harvest grain, with seasonal exports down more than half. U.N. Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez is quoted saying, quote, let's have no illusions. There is a long way to go before this will be translated into the daily life of people at their local bakery and in their markets, end quote. A recent report from American Farmland Trust shows an alarming trend of farmland disappearance from rural America. Angie Doucette, the Midwest Farmland Protection Manager with American Farmland Trust, says the number of lost acres is disturbing. It's difficult to absorb. The Midwest has some of the richest, most productive, resilient agricultural land in the nation. And American Farmland Trust, our recent Farms Under Threat initiative, has shown that there is a serious threat to farmland across the region due to the continued growth of urban development and this low-density residential development. Our first Farms Under Threat initiative has shown that between 2001 and 2016, a time span of just 15 years, the Midwest lost over 1.1 million acres of farmland. Land, and that's across seven states, and we're showing that that trend is accelerating. She says there's almost no chance of farmland getting put back into production once it's lost. The strength of our economy takes a direct hit when high-quality cropland is lost forever to urban development. And unfortunately, this disproportionately impacts smaller farms that often serve local markets with fresh produce, eggs, dairy, meat, things like that. Those small and urban farms, they tend to be the ones that incubate our new farmers, so supporting our farm economy. And as we've seen due to the impacts of pandemic, they're instrumental in navigating food supply chain disruptions that we continue to see at our grocery stores across the nation. So it's a pretty significant impact across many facets of of American lifestyle. Doucette talks about some of the Midwest states that have lost the most farmland. Across the 15-year time span, we saw over 1.1 million acres of farmland were converted across seven states of Ohio, Wisconsin, Michigan, the I states, Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, and Minnesota. We're projecting the conversion based on historical loss of farmland. And this is what's really telling. By 2040, in less than 20 years, an additional 3.1 million acres, which is nearly 5,000 square miles, of Midwest farmland may be lost to urban and low-density residential development. There are things we could do to to preserve farm acres.
Absolutely. The thing about farms under threat is we modeled three different scenarios. The runaway sprawl scenario, which is where things just kind of go significantly more rapid development projections, or a current business as usual where the current trends continue and we're seeing that 3.1 million acres are lost. But there's a different scenario, uh, better built cities. So it's to say all hope is not lost. The tools exist to save our region's farmland. So by embracing smart growth, permanently protecting agricultural land, and supporting the next generation of farmers, we can save 1.8 million acres of farmland in this better built city, smart growth, urban investment scenario. For more information, go to farmland.org. Kansas State University Extension Livestock Market Economist Dr. Glenn Tonsor regularly computes feedlot closeouts. Tonsor says latest feedlot closeout numbers he has posted are showing better times ahead for the feedlot industry. Negative returns or break-even returns, small losses, are projected for cattle leaving here in August as well September. But then starting in October all the way through currently April of 2023 is the furthest out month that my projections look at are all positive returns. And real narrowly, the months of November through January. So cattle will be leaving feed yards. The returns are north of $100. That's the positive projected return I'm talking about. Tonsor says it is worth noting how those notably improved margins are developing. One is these projections show a lower cost of gain, so corn prices and the like coming back some, and moreover, output prices, so the price you're going to get for your finished animal is projected to go up notably for animals leaving the yard. These are projections. We have a long ways to go till November to see if these are realized, but the market is signaling currently that things are going to improve for the cash operators, at least, in the feedlot space. One of the key factors for cash cattle prices to improve is the continued demand by the consumer. So retail, again, think grocery store demand, is actually up for every category I look at, except for plant-based patties. So ribeye steak, ground beef, pork chops, bacon, chicken breast, those categories we're always looking at. The month of July had stronger grocery store demand than in June, but the story is basically the flip when we look at food service. If you put a bow around that, I think it's again ongoing evidence that consumers are tightening their belts. He adds most of the U.S. public still has a strong interest in meat, but they are responding to the prices and inflation. 2021 was a challenging year for the ag industry across the Pacific Northwest, and those ramifications linger this year, including for consumers. Washington State Potato Commission Executive Director Chris Voigt says last year's heat dome, the extremely hot temperatures the region experienced in late June, led to a smaller crop than expected. He says in a typical year, potatoes harvested in October will continue to be shipped through the middle of July the following year. But this year, the Washington potato community ran out of spuds a few weeks early. Everybody ran out a few weeks earlier. Normally, Idaho has old crop potatoes into August, um, but they're out also. And so there's really a shortage of potatoes going on right now. And so that's why in the grocery stores, you're seeing the, the price of potatoes elevated compared to where they normally are. Voigt points out prices at your local grocery store are roughly 50% higher year over year. Despite those elevated prices, Voigt says potatoes are one of the most cost-effective ways of providing quality nutrition. As far as this year's crop is concerned, Voigt says the heat the area saw in mid to late July and continuing into August was much better for the plants and should not negatively impact yields. Washington potato growers planted roughly 160,000 acres in 2022. And that's all the time we have for this episode of American Ag Today. If you have stories for the program, you can send them to me via email, Jesse Allen at AmericanAgNetwork.com. That's J-E-S-S-E-A-L-L-E-N at AmericanAgNetwork.com. 
You've been listening to American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.